Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hi, everyone. My name is Abby Wallach, and I am an attorney in the Ogletree Deacons, Denver, Colorado office. And I'm Rebecca Lindell, also an attorney in the Denver office. We focus our practice on helping employers throughout Colorado in employment litigation. We also provide advice and counsel on compliance with Colorado's numerous employment laws. Today, we are going to talk about one of the biggest changes in Colorado's employment laws in the past few years, the Healthy Families and Workplaces Act. More specifically, we are going to focus on the public health emergency leave requirement under the HFWA. Throughout this podcast, we will refer to the Healthy Families and Workplaces Act as the HFWA and the public health emergency leave requirement as PHE leave. We feel this is a really important um, topic to bring to your attention for a few reasons. First, the HFWA is quite complex, so the requirements under the HFWA can be very confusing. Second, there is some misinformation out there and some confusion as to whether the requirements for the public health emergency leave are still in effect. Spoiler alert, the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services just renewed the public health emergency declaration on Friday, January 14th. It will be effective on January 16th, or it was effective on January 16th. This is actually the eighth time since the initial declaration was made in March 2020 that HHS has renewed it. This renewal of the public health emergency declaration will remain in effect for 90 days or until it is renewed again. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 90 days puts us at April 16th, right? That is correct. And as we'll explain in a little bit, that means Colorado's PHE leave requirement is in effect until at least May 14th, 2022. Do you think the federal public health emergency will be renewed again after April 16th? It's really hard to predict, but as I mentioned earlier, it has been renewed consecutively for two years now. If HHS continues to renew it again, they usually do it only a day or two before the declaration is set to expire. So before we get into the importance of this declaration and the impact on Colorado employers, I want to start with some background on the HFWA. The HFWA was signed into law on July 14, 2020 and required employers with 16 or more employees beginning on January 1st, 2021 to provide full-time employees with 48 hours of paid sick leave per year, accrued at one hour for every 30 hours worked. All employees, not including a specific subset of employees in the railroad industry, must be permitted to carry over up to 48 hours of sick leave per year. Now, as of January 1st, 2022, this requirement applies to employers of all sizes whether you have one employee or you have 20,000 employees. Interestingly, Colorado joined 13 other states that had sick time requirements. New Mexico is the most recent state to join this group. Their law, the Healthy Workplaces Act, becomes effective on July 1st, 2022. Interesting. So it seems like the COVID-19 pandemic served as a springboard for a couple of these states in passing new sick leave requirements. It will be interesting to see whether other states follow suit. I think it's safe to say that the pandemic will certainly leave an impact reaching far beyond this time. Focusing on the HFWA again, the legislature limited paid sick leave to certain circumstances. There are five of them, so if you're taking notes, I'm going to list them for you. The first, 
when the employee has a mental or physical illness, injury, or health condition that prevents the employee from working. Two, to obtain a medical diagnosis, care, or treatment of a mental or physical illness, injury, or health condition. Three, to obtain preventative care. Four, to seek medical attention or services related to domestic abuse, sexual assault, or harassment. And five, to care for a child whose school or place of care is closed by public order. As you can see, these categories are really broad and encompass just about any reason an employee would think that they want to take or use sick leave. Also, as an additional note on the HFWA's general sick leave requirements, while sick leave is considered wages, meaning the wrongful denial of it can result in a wage claim, it does not have to be paid out at termination, unlike vacation. That's a conversation for another day. There are a few other requirements under the HFWA, such as the requirement to provide notice to all employees. If you're an employer, you want to display the HFWA poster in your workplace, and you can get that from the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment. This poster is updated annually. You also want to notify all employees in writing of their rights under the HFWA. The HFWA has a standard anti-retaliation provision, record-keeping requirements, and limits on the documentation you can require from employees when they use sick time. You may only require documentation for sick leave when the employee has used sick leave for more than four consecutive days. Even then, you can't require that documentation be signed, notarized, or in any particular format. So with that general background on the HFWA, we're going to focus the rest of this podcast on another provision which requires additional paid sick leave during a public health emergency. Rebecca, do you want to start us out with the general requirements? Sure. So the HFWA says that on a day a public health emergency is declared by a federal, state, or local public health agency, employers must supplement every employee's sick leave to assure the employee can take up to two weeks, that's 80 hours for for full-time employees, worth of paid sick leave for certain enumerated, enumerated reasons related to the communicable illness for which the public health emergency was implemented to address. The supplemental leave must be available throughout the duration of the public health emergency and for four weeks after its expiration. Employers may not require any documentation to take PHE leave. Hang on. So employers can require documentation for regular sick pay if it's used for more than four consecutive days, but they can't require documentation for any PHE leave. Is that right? Right. That's correct. You also said that the 80-hour supplement is required on the date a public health emergency is declared. How does that work when the HFWA didn't go into effect until January 2021, but the COVID-19 public health emergency predated that? Good question. So the statute and rules don't really answer it, but the CDLE has provided guidance that it considers January 1, 2021 to be the public health emergency declaration date for the purposes of the COVID-19 emergency. Thus, the PHE supplement has been required since that date. I also noticed that when you were talking about PHE leave, you said communicable illness, or it applies when there's a communicable illness, not specifically COVID-19. We've been so focused on COVID-19 and virtually nothing else for the past couple of years, and currently PHE leave is triggered by a public health emergency due to COVID-19. But this provision could apply outside of the COVID context. Right, that's correct. The PHE leave provision is not limited to the COVID-19 pandemic. In the unfortunate event we find ourselves in a public health emergency for some other illness, PHE leave will apply and will result in a new PHE supplement requirement. 
However, while it isn't limited to this pandemic, use of PHE leave is limited to certain situations related to the public health emergency. Right. There are actually six specific reasons when an employee can tap into their PHE leave. So I'll list them here again if you're taking notes. First, to self-isolate due to being diagnosed with or having symptoms of a communicable illness that is the cause of the public health emergency. So now, if you have COVID. Two, to seek a diagnosis, treatment, or preventative care of such an illness. Three, if the employee is excluded from work due to having been exposed to or experiencing symptoms of such an illness. Four, to care for a sick family member who falls into any of the categories I just listed. Five, when the employee is unable to work due to a health condition that may increase susceptibility or risk to the illness. And six, to care for a child or other family member when the child's school or school care provider is closed or remote due to the emergency. And as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, DHHS just renewed the public health emergency declaration. So these requirements are still alive and well. That's correct. Colorado's public health emergency expired on July 8th, 2021. But still, that PHE leave that we've been talking about can be triggered by a federal, state, or even a local declaration of a public health emergency. And we are still under and have been under the federally declared public health emergency from HHS for two years now. So I think that may be where some of the confusion came from. The Colorado public health emergency declared by Governor Polis ended. However, the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment states on its webpage about the supplemental public health emergency leave that, quote, as of the new year 2022, both federal and state emergency declarations remain in effect. In addition, the Department of Public Health and Environment just issued another public health order in late of December 2021, stating that the pandemic is ongoing. So bottom line is we know the federal public health emergency is still in effect. Therefore, for purposes of PHE leave, we are still in a public health emergency. I also received a lot of questions about the timing and actual use of the supplement. The HFWA makes clear that the public health emergency leave supplement may only be used for the duration of the public health emergency in up to four weeks after it ends, even though it can be broken up into multiple qualifying intervals of leave. So starting on January 1st, 2021, or if an employee was hired after that date, starting on the date of their hire, once an employee uses all of their supplemental leave allotment, they cannot use it again within the same public health emergency. So we know many have contracted COVID-19 a second or even a third time since the start of the pandemic. What if an employee used 80 hours of supplemental PHE leave in May of 2021 because they um, got COVID, but then in January of 2022, the employee contracts COVID again and needs to take two weeks of leave again? The HFWA makes clear that an employee may only use the supplemental leave once per public health emergency. So in that case, the employee has already used their full 80-hour supplement, and they would not be entitled to additional supplemental PHE leave. In that instance, the employee would have to pull strictly from any unused sick time in their bank or use any other available kind of leave. On the other hand, if the employee took leave in 2020 under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act or earlier state uh, law provisions, and then wants to take leave for COVID-19 again in 2022, the leave in 2020 does not count towards the employee's PHE leave under the HFWA. PHE leave exists separate from any leave that was required under federal or state law back in 2022. 
So in this case, the employee would still be able to use supplemental PHE leave. So much information. The HFWA is so complicated. I certainly wouldn't call it simple, that's for sure. The Colorado Department of Labor and Employment has issued guidance since the enactment of the HFWA, which has proven somewhat helpful. At the end of 2021, the department issued guidance, and I think most notable is the guidance related to the interplay between PHE-related supplemental leave and general accrued sick leave. It states, and I quote, if an employee has unused accrued leave when their need for PHE-related leave occurs, an employer can count this accrued leave toward the amount of PHE-related leave it is required to provide. However, employees are allowed to use PHE-related supplemental leave for any of the above-listed qualifying conditions before using their accrued leave, if the reason for leave would qualify for both. End quote. (laughs) End quote, yes. (laughs) So let's break that down. It basically says that if an employee has accrued sick leave, so regular sick pay, it can be used to satisfy a need for public health emergency-related leave but the employee has to be allowed to use the supplemental leave first. On the other hand, if an employee has used up their regular HFWA sick pay, they just get 80 hours of PHE leave. Let's talk through some examples. Okay, so let's pretend we have an employee who has accrued 48 hours of HFWA leave. He then contracts COVID-19 and needs two weeks to recover. How is leave allotted in this case? Here, the employee has 48 hours of HFWA regular sick pay time and needs an additional 32 hours to reach the full 80-hour requirement. That means the employee must be allowed to use 32 hours of supplemental leave and then can tap into their 48 hours of accrued sick pay. Can the employee be required to use their accrued sick time? Yes, as long as they are permitted to use their supplemental pay first. That is the agency's guidance. Now, it is worth pointing out that this is brand new guidance, which may not be supported by the statutory language. As we said earlier, the HFWA requires a sick leave supplement of enough hours to ensure employees could take two weeks of paid sick leave, quote, on the date a public health emergency is declared, end quote. Per the CDLE, that date is January 1st, 2021. And unless an employer has front-loaded paid sick leave as of that date, the statute certainly seems to say that this PHE supplement should have been a standalone supplement of up to 80 hours. So can employers rely on the CDLE's recent guidance that allows them to use employees' accrued paid sick leave as a credit toward the PHE supplement they have to provide? Well, at the end of the day, the CDLE is the agency that enforces the HFWA here in Colorado. So an employer would be in a pretty strong position if the agency tried to argue an interpretation contrary to its official guidance. And it is also only going to be an issue for this public health emergency because of the unique circumstance of the law not even existing before the emergency declaration. In the future, it will be very clear that accrued unused sick leave can be used towards the supplemental PHE requirement if we have any further additional public health emergencies, which hopefully we never will again. Fingers crossed. (laughs) And going off of that, our office just recently reached out to the CDLE to clarify the discrepancy. They seem to stand firm, only requiring the employer to supplement the existing accrued and unused sick time to get up to 80 hours. It states, and I quote, that the PHE leave is a supplement to general paid sick leave, end quote. Therefore, an employer may count the employee's accrued and unused sick time towards a supplemental paid sick leave requirement. 
Okay, so with that, let's try another example. We have an employee who used up all 48 hours of his accrued HFWA leave for a non-COVID-related condition in June 2021. The employee contracts COVID-19 in November 2021 and needs to take 80 hours of leave. Do we have to provide the employee with the 80 hours? So the answer here may seem odd, but yes, the employer must provide the employee with all 80 hours of supplemental leave, even though the total amount of paid sick leave the employee received here is 128 hours. The way the supplemental public health emergency leave is used really depends on a number of factors, including the type of sick time policy the employer has, so whether the pay is accrued or front-loaded, how many hours the employee works, and potentially, if going off the CDLE's most recent guidance, the amount of sick leave the employee has in their bank when the need for the PHE leave arises. What do you mean how many hours the employee works? The amount of supplemental leave an employee is entitled to depends on the number of hours he or she works. So an employee who works full-time or 40 hours a week is entitled to the 80 hours of supplemental leave. In contrast, employees who work less than 40 hours are entitled to the greater of either one, the amount of time the employee is scheduled to work in a 14-day period, or two, the amount of time the employee actually works on average in a 14-day period. So let's say we have an employee who is scheduled to work 35 hours during the two weeks she needs to take leave to care for her mother who tested positive for COVID-19. But on average, she only works 25 hours a week. How much supplemental leave would this employee be entitled to? Well, as long as she has not used all of her supplemental leave yet, she would be entitled to 35 hours of supplemental leave because that is the greater of the two. So it really seems like it must be determined on a case-by-case -case basis. However, employers may want to take a look at their current sick time policy and make sure it is in compliance with the requirements of the HFWA. Yes, that really would be a great idea. Well, I think that is all we plan to cover today. We will continue to monitor and report on any developments with respect to the COVID-19 pandemic and Colorado's supplemental public health emergency leave requirements. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.